Hello and welcome to Fireside Chat number 59. Uh, for those of you who are new to this, um, uh, I am Ash, uh, joined by Sandro and Jose. Uh, Sandro and I are the co-founders of Coldurance and uh, Jose is Managing Director for Coldurance Spain. Um, the way it works is that we've, um, we've used to have a lot of these conversations offline after work over a few drinks and uh, and at one one day decided that why don't we why don't we record those uh, and people may be interested. Turns out people are interested, and we stream this live. So um, uh, it'd be lovely if you can join us uh, primarily on on uh, YouTube and you can ask questions and we will incorporate those into our our conversation. And of course, it's all, always on our YouTube channel as well. And subscribe, and if you able to tell you when when we are speaking next, we normally do that every Tuesday evening at the same time. So, <clears throat> the topic for today's fireside chat is non-technical skills for tech careers. And part of this is a conversation that I had with uh, one of our craftspeople, uh, um, uh, uh, Alistair Smith, um, and. We were talking about the the different uh, skills that we we look for, and and we help develop within our our craftspeople who are our software developers, platform engineers, and so on. And five of the disciplines that we talk about are non-technical, and one is technical. And in the even in the non-technical things, we were talking about. Like, you know, is it like a tick boxing exercise? Like, do you have to get through each and every one of those things? Uh, or like, and how do we provide our people with, with, the, um, uh, with, 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 with opportunities to develop those skills? And at the time, my answer to Alistair was that actually, it's not a tick box exercise. In fact, those things that we talk about, the kind of skills that you need to learn, they are there as a guide, but the ultimate thing when we look for, when we are promoting our people, when we are reviewing their performances around impact, and we think that a lot of the things uh, related to that impact are non-technical, and those things are the guide towards that impact. So my answer to him was that actually promotion, uh, performance, and those kind of things are measured on, on the impact, the impact that you have within your work, and not necessarily whether you have this skill and that skill and that, this skill, right? So with that in mind, what are your, your YouTube's thoughts in terms of skills versus impact and what is important and, and what supports what in terms of developing your career? I like that you frame uh, this conversation in, in the, this way. Because quite often we, when we talk about uh, non-technical skills, we tend to go to what I call the basics, the basic skills of human interaction. Right? It's very easy to straight to jump straight to empathy and nonviolent communication and, and, and this kind of stuff that would be the basics for any human interaction, right? And, and I think that those are the, the foundation. Right, so the basics. This is not just for uh, specific to, to to tech careers and stuff. And I think that the ones that you mentioned, Mesh, or focusing on impact, they are not necessarily technical knowledge. Is a much better way to frame that because those are different skills. In order to achieve that, uh, those those are those uh, different skills. So, 
I have a bunch of them potentially in mind. Uh, and, and, and by no means they... I'll just pick one so to avoid me speaking forever. But like, uh, I believe that there is a bunch of, of skills that will contribute in creating this impact. The one that I'm going to start with is the consultative... I don't even know if that's the proper word, but consultative approach that we talk about consultancy skills. And impact is all about expectation as well, right? So, and the consultative approach is you, you don't go straight away with a solution to someone, right? So the consultative approach, you, you try to understand what are the problems that the people around you have? Right. So what 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 and that can be a customer, but can be your team as well, can be your product owner, can be a, a, a person from a different team that you need to interact. It is is and the consultative approach is you spend a little bit more time in exploring the problem domain. I think that you mentioned that quite a lot, Mesh, like the problem domain in the solution space or the problem space, solution space. So mm -hmm. the consultative approach, like you put a little bit more emphasis in. First of all, let's define the problem. Let's agree. Let's align on the problem that you're trying to solve. And only then, when everyone is on the same page in what the problem is, then you start brainstorming solution. Because at that point, when you are brainstorming the solution, there is already a natural alignment to what you're trying to solve. So then you, then you, you avoid that thing about being in opposite sides, you know? Because you, are, you know that whatever, uh, how can I say, Proposals for solutions are always with the intent of solving the same problem. So that, that's one of the things that I would say that is quite an important skill to have. I, <clears throat> so I understand your point with going into the basics of human interaction and so on and so forth. And I agree, but I, now if we're talking about impact, uh, the lack of some of those skills creates big impact. It's just negative <laughs> you know what i mean so <laughs> so you can look at it from from the you know how do i make a positive impact but also you know what are some things that them i have a positive impact by definition yeah i'm not talking about yeah, yeah, yeah. It no no I, I understand making lots of negative impacts <laughs> i understand i understand but um but it but it it you know, people tend to gravitate towards that because not having those in place definitely has a, a big negative impact, right? It, independently of how good people are, no, in a team or if you can't communicate, if you can, you know, have some pretty basic conversations without being at each other's throats, uh, then it's not, doesn't work. Yeah. Now, if you ask me, for a particular skill that is, I think, in I would say in high demand, is uh, I actually have a few, but I would say probably versatility uh, is is one. Like that attitude and aptitude to put on different hats and adapt to the context and do what is needed in order to get the best uh, results. I think that is a skill in itself um, because sometimes you don't have to be the best 
uh, what you, you know, uh, whatever it is the task is, right? Like you don't have to be the best at front end or, you know, the, the Java or whatever, right? Like it's not, it's not about being an expert because most of the work that you need to do or that you, no, it doesn't require that level of expertise. Some of it does, right? But most of it won't. And when you are trying to accomplish a task in a in a team, a lot of the times you need that fluidity, you know, that ability to basically go where there's a hole and plug it independently of, you know, how well you are able to plug it now yourself. Uh, just the fact that you are supporting that and that that creates enough for the team to succeed. And I think that's a that's a great skill to have and to cultivate. And so I see a lot of people who are basically doing the opposite, right? Like they're trying to specialize more and more or they use it as a, you know, or they use the specialty as a, as a way to avoid, you know, making any, you no, know, taking any responsibilities, no, for, for owning that outcome as a whole, right? Instead of, exactly, exactly. So this, this is exactly what I was actually meant by when I was saying to Alistair that it's about impact. It's about it's about that result focus, and I was I was telling him that it's also because I was saying to him that you know we, we are talking about careers, right? We're not talking about skills. We're talking about how you you build within your career, how you climb up the ladder if it's a ladder type thing, you know, like go up the seniority levels and so on. And I was saying to Alistair, like, you know, you have to kind of look at the process itself. And regardless of how many checklists and how many well-defined kind of things that everyone has, ultimately, it boils down to a bunch of people sat in a, in a review board and saying, this person deserves a promotion, right? And they, they you know, they don't look at those checklists. So checklists are too much detail. What they think about is their experience of how well they could rely on that person, their experience of how well that person achieved and how impactful or effective that person was, right? And, and whether they did a great job and if they have a good relationship or if that person, someone else said, oh, that person's really good to kind of certain relationships, right? So there, there are... Two things. One is the objective results that you are creating for the business. But even those results for what, results for whom, you know, you kind of, you're helping someone achieve their goals, right? So you you take this responsibility that, you know, the goals of the team are, you know, that you, you will do whatever is needed to achieve those goals. But you're also helping others achieve, like the support aspect as well, but kind of boils down to the impact. Uh, as well. So it's all about this kind of, like, and the, all these skills are needed underneath it. The versatility, I totally agree, is is one of the key aspects because the problems don't come in in these beautiful shapes that really fit your, who you are. The real problems that are related, they are, they come in a very jaggedy way. They are very, uh, they're not very well defined and, you know, you have to just go there and see what it's about and have that attitude, I guess, to be to be to want to solve it, whether you can solve it or you 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 know ask for help and support, but take ownership of solving it and taking ownership of creating the results. So the more versatility you have, the better you will see these things. The broader your perspective will be. 
Yeah, I, I like like when Jose mentioned the apt, uh, attitude, and but he also mentioned with aptitude as well, mm -hmm. uh, because we quite often know um, how to get better at some technical skills, right? So it's much easier to practice a technical skill. We do some katas, we read some technical books, we do some prototypes or just try to apply an approach and all that kind of stuff. And, and a lot of people sometimes they say, but like, how do I get better at uh, some of those skills that, that we were discussing, though, those non-technical skills and stuff? There are, uh, you know, like it took me a long time to understand that, that we sometimes have more opportunities to practice those things than the actual technical disciplines. So it, this took me a long, long time. It, it sounds, sounds funny, but like every single human interaction that you have, if you are aware of it, is an opportunity to practice all of that, right? So every, not only at work, but at home and anything, anyway, I was like, every interaction that you have and you are resolving the problem, it's like, okay, what is the, the outcome that I want? How do I position my arguments in a specific way? How do I make sure that everyone is on the same boat, that we go in the same direction? So we have those opportunities multiple times a day, right? So in every single interaction. So, so that awareness also of, so this is for me is a, is a, is a, is a technical skill that you, you need to develop in order to, to uh, evolve in your career is that awareness of your surroundings and practice it. So not, not become a robot. Of course, you need to be careful that, that so that your interactions are not uh, very natural, but just being aware, being conscious about what you want to achieve, how you want to conduct certain things. Uh, I think that this is a good skill to have as well. It's, it's very, very interesting that you mentioned that, isn't it? It's like, but again, this is in a way, and I know this is kind of, now we're going back to those basic skills, right? Because often, like, where does, you know, where do these positions start from? Yeah. So if you, uh, like, the positions like, this is my, this is not my job, right? Or not understanding impact and just saying, okay, I'm here to code or I'm here to just do this particular part and so on, comes from a very selfish position, right? It's about, I'm hired to do this particular thing and I will do that thing regardless of who I am hired by and what they are trying to achieve with it, right? I take no responsibility of that. And, but this goes back to the, this idea of putting yourself in place of the, the stakeholders, the customers and so on, and trying to understand what they want from you, right? So I'm sorry to say, but I have to now bring in like things like empathy and these kind of skills is that you need to kind of put yourself in other people's place to see what is what is required of you and be able to be able to help them to, to achieve the ultimate objective for the team and so on. And this it's not a case of like you're always doing what other people are asking you to do. What you're trying to do is aligning, not thinking from what you need from it, but thinking what does the team need from it or what does the organization need from you? Because ultimately, you know, you will succeed in your career when you are providing value to your organization 
And if you don't understand what, what that value is, how that what the expectations from your team and your organization are, then then you, you will never you will never be successful in, in that. You know, it's it's interesting you mentioning this because I I retweeted this morning uh, uh, something from uh, John Cormack. Yeah, uh, it it was basically a screenshot of uh, someone who's studying computer science and was asking him, "Hey, you know, like I want to go into computer science, but with with all of this AI talk and blah blah, like it, will it become irrelevant? Like, why should I do that?" And they were saying, "Listen." Don't worry about that. Yeah. So worry about how do you deliver value? Understand that software is a tool and it's there to do a job or a function. And if you focus on the value that you're delivering, to, today it may be coding, tomorrow it may be telling the computer what to do, whatever it is. But, you know, the, the format may change, but the, the end goal is still the same. No? Yeah. And I think that's something that uh, in tech, a lot, a lot of people uh, miss the mark on. They don't understand the purpose of the thing. They focus on the how I'm doing it, or the or, or the internal gratification that they get from the job that they're doing, but not what is it that we are uh, accomplishing, no, together, or or what is it that what I'm doing delivers value for, no. So, but, but yeah, and, and Mesh, like the the thing that you you mentioned about the. For example, you, you gave an example of uh, someone trying to bring a team together, organizing a group of people so that they all move forward and stuff. Of course, that you, you and then you mentioned empathy and stuff. And this is why I still call them the basics, because like there are the basics for you to have any interactions and, and have that awareness of your surrounding and how your message goes across and so on. But in there... I treat like empathy as the basics, but what this person is doing is way beyond empathy. Empathy is just awareness of your surrounding and how do you want that to interact with that surrounding, right? Because you can choose to be aggressive or to be very nice. You can choose, right? So for me, the empathy is that understanding and then you decide how you're going to treat people or how you're going to feel about how you're treated. Sure. But the, but in that situation... I, I think you mean emotional intelligence, not not... Empathy, and but possibly because no, for me, yeah, emotional intelligence is probably uh, a much wider. It's, just, it's, it's a wider uh, thing. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, so, so then, but first, I mean, that case for me, I would say that there is a, a sense of leadership as well. So you use that intelligence to lead, and, and and that doesn't mean that you are positioning yourself as a leader per se. Like I am the decision maker here. No, no, you are just you are becoming an informal leader. Right, you are becoming a multiplier. You are helping people to organize, which naturally puts you in a position that everyone trusts. That you are, and you are creating value beyond yourself. Right, mm -hmm. so everyone that can coordinate a group of people to achieve something, they provide be value beyond their individual value. And we we mentioned that in previous um, fireside chats. We talked about leadership. We talked about being a multiplier. I think when we discussed. The, what, what it means to be a senior uh, professional or something like that about the multiplier. The, 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 myth, the myth of the 10x developer or something like that. I don't yeah. remember something along those lines. So, 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 and I think that th those are the things that, that are, are important to develop. And there is a thing that in terms of, uh, I don't know if I would call it skills. It, 
it's always difficult for me to, to know what fits in skill or, or, or not. But for example, I was thinking about, you need to learn how to be comfortable to be outside of your comfort zone, right? Because like, as if you think about a career, normally we imagine a career as a, prog a progression of you always doing more things or having more responsibilities than you have today. Quite often we will think about, in a you can have a career that is different, that has less responsibility. But anyway, but normally how you would think is you are accumulating more responsibilities uh, and so on and so forth. So that means that a career progression, it's you are always to some degree outside of your comfort zone. Every step that you give, uh, every next step will make you uncomfortable. And you probably need to expose yourself even before to make that step, because if you don't do that before, you might not even have the, the opportunity to, to move to the next step. So being out of your comfort zone is the norm when you think about yeah. career. Mm -hmm. Well, it's actually, um, I, I mean, in Zen it's called the beginner's mind, uh, but it's, you know, being, having, and it, it is a very difficult thing, especially when you are very good at something and being, to kind of step outside, being really good at your something, to something you're not, you're not too sure about, but that's the important thing that needs to be done. I, I totally agree that the, having that beginner's mind is very important. And it's, it's whether it's a skill or an attitude, it's something that you need to kind of constantly cultivate. And the more you do it, the, more, the, the kind of wider your skill set gets, the easier it gets to, for you to put yourself in those places as well. Yeah. I think Kevin said something on our uh, YouTube live chat. Uh, he said, like, uh, I always keep in mind that in order to improve, I have to focus on the small day-to-day -day things. Uh, prepare for the meetings, improve your English, uh, etc. cetera. Um, I, I think that there is something quite important in there um, of also control. Uh, Kevin, I don't know if I'm going too far from what you, you wanted to say, but sometimes it's just focusing on your next small challenge instead of creating those. I think we touched upon that last fireside chat, actually. Instead of putting goals that are unachievable, right? So you, you use your immediate environment, your immediate context to improve with small things. There are so many things that we can do to get better that are so easy. There are low-hanging fruits for us to practice that sometimes we forget about them because we project uh, skills or responsibilities that are way too far from us, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. there, there is, uh, yeah, there, there is another thing that often we don't put, uh, I think there's a very important thing is that these small details, we don't put a lot of emphasis in, right? This kind of preparation, you know, for a meeting or when you're going to speak to someone to have like everything ready, you have a good good agenda and so on, so that you know what you're trying to get out of it. These kind of small things where when you you need to, in a way, these each one of these interactions that you have with your peers, with your you know managers, whoever else, that you know, you kind of think about them like what am I looking to achieve from that interaction? Of course, there are aspects which are also social aspects, but and you know, it's going back to you know, you're not a robot, but on the other hand, 
you know, it's it's you know, if someone if you come to a meeting and they're expecting you, you uh, you call that meeting, you're expected to have an agenda. You're expected to drive that meeting. You know, you're expected to make that meeting a good experience for people that you invited in there. So these kind of small things, you know, uh, actions like sending some actions to everybody or notes of the meeting to people say this is what we discussed. This like these small things that actually uh, improve the experience and improve you, the people's experience with you. Like they interacted with you and it was a pleasant experience. They're gonna take that forward. They're gonna trust you with things. You know, it's it's that kind of small things that it's. And ultimately, it boils down to those relationships, right? Is that, you you know, like a career is in an organization. And the only time you kind of go up that ladder is when you have a good relationship. Now, it's not just about social. It's about the professional relationship with the rest of that organization. And when you work on that relationship, you know, there's a lot of skills underpinning that. But when you work on that relationship, make that better, you automatically rise up within that organization. Yeah. There is another thing, again, like uh, the, the the theme being non-technical skills for tech careers, right? So uh, we are coming from a perspective that are skills that you help you with have a, a stable career, a successful career, whatever that successful means uh, to everyone, right? So... The, the, there is something that I find that is also quite important. Um, it's, I, 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 and I don't claim to have the right balance here in any of those things that I'm mentioning, but, but, the, but, but, but choosing your own battles is another kind of skill that I find very, very important. Um, like most of us will, will think that we can contribute in a lot of areas. We might have strong opinions in many areas. And sometimes we try to fight those battles in each one of those areas with the same intensity as if they all had the same degree of importance or priority and stuff. And, and this took me a long time, again, to understand because like I was, uh, if, if I'm difficult to work with today, imagine, well, Mesh, you met me. <laughs> you know how it was. <laughs> Very well how it was at the beginning. I would fight every battle uh, with a lot of intensity. Right? So, so, <laughs> so, so, and that was uh, detrimental to me in multiple ways. And not only to me, but people around me, detrimental to me because you, you become stressed all the time, right? So you are always unhappy and always arguing and stuff. But the but also is detrimental to the other people around you as well. And, and, and then I also noticed that, for example, sometimes you need to give something in order to have something else. For, so for example, when you are pair programming with someone, right? So if you fight for every single semicolon, like, it, first of all, it will be a pain to work with. And you will be clouding the, well, making that relationship difficult and miss important decisions. Because, like, you are fighting, like, uh, arguing with the same intensity with semicolons or where the curly bracket goes. And you will do exactly the same for major architectural decisions. So, 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 so this is what took me a long time to understand. Sometimes you say, like, okay, in, in a scale of one to 10, 
How much do I care about those things? So what are the things that I would like to resolve? How much do I care about each one of them? And where do I want to use my credits, right? So if I want some people to work with me so that we agree a way forward, I need to make sure that I focus my effort in certain areas and I even like to the point that I can even let go of other things and say, you know what, in this area here, you are the, yeah, I'm happy with to go with your suggestion and stuff, even if I would be, if I probably would do that differently. But because as you favor someone else's opinion in certain areas, you almost like gain credits, you know? So when the next thing comes up, those people will be a bit more, more open to accept your suggestions because they know that you accept their suggestions very often. So, so this thing about choosing your battles and understanding that dynamic uh, for me is quite essential actually to, in your but, career. But, but you're taking it in the context of you know influencing other people as well and so on. But I think there is also an aspect of uh, focusing your energy uh, into what matters, <laughs> basically, or what you know you, where you can get the most impact, even you no. Know? Uh, I think that that's the that's also there, no. Mm -hmm. Like if you're constantly fighting every battle that you find, no, that energy gets diluted. There is no way that you're going to be able to sustain that, no. <clears throat> yeah, so, exactly. I, I, actually, funny, funny you say that because this is exactly what what I had written down as well, Jose. Is I don't know where I read it. Was it, it was Christopher Alexander or? Uh, Richard Sennett. And when they were talking about skills, uh, I think it was Rich, uh, Richard Sennett in The Craftsman, the book, right? And he talks about problem selection versus problem solving. And it's, it's actually more of a skill to select the right problem than to actually solve that problem. Is that, you know, solve you you know, if you choose the wrong problem, you're not going to have that. Again, it's back to that impact as well, right? And we were talking, and this connects to the having that, like, emotional intelligence or empathy and so on, understanding lots of different viewpoints, understanding lots of areas where you can you can uh, focus your effort. But selecting the right kind of things to focus your effort is a great skill to have. And in, in that, he talks about, like, you know, problem selection is... Is, is a is a skill understanding how certain kind of what problem to solve and what to ignore is the skill bef even before you you start understanding how to solve them and you touch on something else because there's context to understand what the problem is and so on I think uh, someone in the chat I think it was uh, Mohammed Sufyan no it was saying a uh, Understanding mental models from the fifth discipline is something that is, uh, you know, helpful, etc. Uh, I think actually systemic thinking is, I mean, the understanding mental models is good, but systemic thinking for me is a, it's a big thing, right? Like if if you understand the relationships between things, you no, know, the 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 patterns or anti-patterns that you can find and so on, you can then start recognizing them and, and really understand the dynamics and act on them, right? And not mm -hmm. treat the symptom when you know you could be treating the root cause and, and dealing yeah. with with the problem head on, no? And and things mm -hmm. like that. And, and I feel like that's also a skill, right? And understanding that 
that causality may not be linear, right? Like that things are connected and they affect each other. It's not like, oh, this is the, it, it, this happens because, it, yeah, and this happens because this happens as well. No, like <laughs> all of that is is related, interrelated, and it helps you think uh, differently, you know, when you're, you're tackling certain problems. No? You still need to attack things in a linear way because if you do this and then you do this, no, but uh, but you can understand where to to focus right and definitely make better decisions that way yeah so th th this this is like i remember that there was a time like a few years ago that uh i heard a lot of people talking about system thinking and and i didn't know exactly what it well by the name you try to imagine but i didn't know much and then i, I end up so okay i'm gonna read a little bit into it and, and it was really fascinating it, it really opens your Minds and mainly for people that are in leadership positions or aspiring to be in leadership positions, uh, systems thinking is a thing that is worth reading a couple of books into it. Try to understand a little bit more, and, and it, I think that is a, is a is a. I agree with you, Jose. Is, is and, a very, and applying very... to when you're thinking, basically, try to map out the problem that you have because this, this is the thing. Like organizations are complex systems. So, Full of people, that just means full of things that can, you know, go whichever way, right? Like, it's not, it, it, there's not a linear causality aspect to it. No, it's, lots of things are happening at the same time. They're affecting each other. Some of them, you don't even know that they have a relation, et cetera, et cetera, right? So it definitely helps you manage that complexity, no, that, that leading an organization is right yeah. because a lot of the times you know the 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 further you advance in your career the more difficult the problems become because the easy problems they're already being solved by other people right so what gets on your table is just the stuff that doesn't have a right answer <laughs> you know what i mean mm -hmm. so then it's about making trade-offs then it's about having the better information to to make decisions no and and being able to analyze that information in a in a way that you know it makes sense and it helps with the impact that you are saying mesh as well right so because once you understand you have a more systemic view of the problem you try to you you, you don't get too you don't go too quickly in simplifying the problem too much, you know? So you're trying yeah. to explore the problem space a little bit more, see everything. So when you build that more systemic view, it's much easier for you to understand what you can do to have a bigger impact, right? Exactly. Where, yeah, exactly. What to, where to kind of put the pressure on to kind of relieve the rest, right? And it's, and even like sometimes, and when to kind of deal with things at once. So, you know, as you're saying, like sometimes, you know, you look at one thing and yes, that is a problem. But, you know, if you deal with that, then something else maybe. But so knowing that, you know, this is going to cause that to happen and this is going to cause that to happen. The, um, the I think even in a, in a going a bit more abstract, it's about, it's about learning how to think as well. I mean, I know like getting to a particular age, it kind of starts, you start getting a bit philosophical and so on. But sometimes I wish that I had that kind of critical thinking mind when I was younger, you know, that, you know, I wasn't just kind of rushing into the next thing and this, you know, the next shiny and all, all those kind of things and having very 
shallow view of everything, they're thinking a bit deeper in, in all these things. And I'm sure it's not it's not something you just gain with age. I'm sure it's, it's something that you can gain with, you know, understanding, like things like critical thinking, you know, things, um, things like, as you said, systems thinking, uh, how you process information, dealing with people and understanding different kind of people and people's motivation, you know, like things like those basic things like empathy and so I didn't even know what empathy meant, you know, at a, at a certain age, right? So, so these things are, and, and how to have a discussion, how to have a debate, how to kind of, as you're getting emotional or you kind of feeling like, you know, you're just kind of getting carried away with the events, how do you kind of try to step, step back and kind of deal with things in a professional way? I mean, these are the things that you can work on at a very early age. And if you do, then you, you get to a very, you know, you get to a good level very quickly, I think. It's just a challenge for me at my age. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. like, so, so shit, like, okay, let, let me tone down a bit. But like, yeah, so it's not, <laughs> it's not ingrained yet. <laughs> no, no, it never, sometimes it never, now these things are very easy to say. Sometimes you get carried away, it's not easy to do, right? No, no, but that that's part of emotional intelligence. Now the self-control of self-regulating, no, is it is a skill as well. It can be trained. And yeah, no, it can be trained because the way that, that works is you know, you let's say something happens and you react. No, 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 no. Something didn't go away, I, I get angry, I explode, I whatever, right? And then you reflect and you figure, oh, maybe maybe I shouldn't have acted like that, you know, whatever, right? And the the best, this is how you train this, by the way, like you then figure out what are the triggers and what are the pre, um, the, the uh, how do you call this? Like when, when there's a, uh, an earthquake or something like the the thing that happens before the uh, the event or pre pre uh, pre precludes uh, well uh-huh. the, yeah the, 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 exactly no the, the 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 thing that kind of signals no that it's happening right so you you look at the triggers so you look at what kind of triggers that situation now you reflect on what happened and then mm-hmm. you know how do you feel or how do you notice it. Uh, do I start racing my boys? Do I get up and get tense? Whatever, right? And then the next time that it happens, you, know, you pay attention to those cues. And little by little, you no, know, it, it, it may happen again and you explode again. But then, but now it's it's not days before you realize that you didn't do that right, right? It starts moving backwards, right? Yeah. Until you get to the point where when it's happening, you're already able to notice that that those things are happening and you kind of short circuit that reaction right but it takes practice and it takes reflection and it takes a lot of work as well so there there is a a thing uh, on 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 the chat on the live chat so if you are listening to us on youtube so or or any any other channel the youtube live chat is where you can interact with us uh sebastian guevara i think that's how you pronounce Mention something cool. Guevara, Guevara. Like, yeah. So so he said, like, another one that I find very important is to know at what level you are speaking so that the audience understands what you mean. This is really, really important. 
there is no doubt at all for your career. As you are evolving your career, you will inevitably interact with many people that have a different background to you. Like if you're a developer, for example, you will be interacting with a wide variety of different people that have different skills and different knowledge and so on and so forth. So we, the developers more specifically, like <laughs> I noticed multiple times that cannot really calibrate. They, they want to talk about low level technical uh, problems to people in business, for example, and then they get frustrated that the, the other person didn't uh, understand what they were saying or didn't uh, sponsor whatever they wanted to do or, or something like that. And this is quite often, uh, like Sebastian was saying, it's not that the, the, the developer didn't have good intentions or, or they were not trying to solve a, 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 a serious problem. They just failed in how to communicate that, to pitch the thing at the level that had to be pitched. So, so th this is quite a, I, an important. I, I find this in demos a lot, you know, where yeah. you know there's a bunch of stakeholders like giving up valuable time out of their their you know business, and then they sat there, and the developer is going through uh, 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 lines of code. You know, it's like, oh, I added this, and we did this, and like, no, not a lot of empathy with what that person cares for you know and this like we always talk about the demos and talk about you know like understand your audience who's attending the demo and what will they be interested in everything else is just vanity you're just trying to show that you've done some work and in fact what that creates is not a positive it creates a negative impact because they then see that nothing lines up to what they care about so nothing is being done so it's not that you you can show them reams and reams of code. They don't care. They just still think that nothing is being done. And this is an important, this is kind of an extension of, of like understanding who you are talking to. And often when we, uh, you know, especially from a more technical background, we talk about tech careers, you know, we be become very too focused on, on our, the details of our work and not what, you know, that's a mean and what is the end, what is the value and how to articulate value of what we are doing. Yeah. And there is a, uh, just before we, we started recording, Jose um, uh, and I, we were talking, just before you joined, Mesh, the, we, we were talking about a situation where uh, people being burned out. And, and, of course, this is a real thing. This is not what I'm questioning. That's not what I want to discuss. It's, it's more like certain professions or certain careers you need, and I mentioned that in our previous episode, about building that mental strength, right? So, and the mental strength is like some people would call in the lame terms like thick skin, right? So, but for certain positions, as you... Uh, progress in your career, you will accumulate more and more responsibilities. You will probably be managing uh, people and stuff. So your job becomes managing situations, dealing with pressure. That is your job. Managing problems. You're a problem magnet. 
basically <laughs> like <laughs> problems find you and they stick to yeah. you <laughs> it's, it's precisely like precisely so so for example you can be an engineering manager a, a team lead a project manager uh or even like a, a coach or or, or a c-level person or any of those roles your job is to solve problems so if you put yourself into those positions and you are being like you are suffering from burnout you need to reconsider if you are if you have the right mental strength to perform that role because that role is pressure by nature is to solve problems so you need as a skill to understand that to build that mental strength and and I was saying like be able to be comfortable to be uncomfortable but you are the one that needs to have the mental strength to create a safe environment for everyone. You, you cannot be the one that needs a safe environment to operate, right? So, so also, when you talk about skills in, in careers and stuff, you also need to be honest to yourself and say, your career has multiple possibilities. No career is linear. Like you are in total control to completely change what you want to do in the future, right? Like, a career doesn't mean that you need to progress upwards, have more responsibility, bigger salary and stuff. Your career is just the, the accumulation of things that you do over time. Yeah. So you, you need to be honest to yourself and decide, like, what kind of work do I want to do? And am I suitable or this kind of work, is it suitable to me and vice versa? Right. But if you want to have management uh, positions or leadership positions, you need to be able to cope with the stress. You cannot just say, I'm burned out, because if you are burned out in a management position, that kind of position is not for you. That's a simple I think that I was Someone was talking about this. It's actually an old university friend of mine. Um, was talk, um, talking about he's had some uh, kind of burnt the midnight oil in many, many ways. And... and he, uh, he was talking, he's a CEO of a big, big organization. And he was like, you know, I've kind of found out quite late in life that before I am CEO of a big organization, I need to be CEO, CEO of myself, right? So I need to be able to, because he was more talking about, like, he was actually talking about like health, mental and physical health. And, um, mm -hmm. and you know, in order for us to do a job well, uh, we need to be able to make sure that we look after ourselves, that we create the right environment for ourselves. You know, part of that is to do with selection, as you said. You know, sometimes certain kind of roles or certain kind of position, we we just, you know, it's not it's not the kind of thing that is for you, at least for where you are in that particular time and so on. But that's some. But the 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 actual main thing is that you need to to see how you are creating the right environment around yourself, right? So burnout is often I mean, there are aspects which are related to external pressures, right? So you are working in a particular organization that is really kind of, you know, especially like there's a startup mentality and so on, that there's unsustainable pace. But even then you have a choice, right? More often than not, right? Is that, you know, at what point you kind of think, well, hang on, hold back. But often, uh, and, you know, of course, you can always get to a point where, you know, you don't have a lot of options, but there are more options than you think. You can always ask for help. You can always articulate that this is, you know, this is kind of burning you out and those kind of things, but you can also 
see how you can change your ways of working, change your own relationship with your work so that you know you don't you don't burn out. But the other aspect is that designing your work, sometimes we are our own worst enemies, right? It's like, I think someone was talking about, you know, like thinking that you're always in front of your screen. Sometimes we do get obsessed with what we are doing, right? And, and we kind of put ourselves into more and more pressure. And being able to, to deal with that, I think, is also important. So it's like, you know, taking that responsibility that I'm going to create the right environment for myself, for my mental and physical well-being. And then, then from there on, work outwards to see how do I create the right environment for, for my organization, for my team, how do I, what do I contribute? Uh, and, you know, at what level do I need to contribute? And certain situations may not be suitable for where you are in your life. But taking responsibility to kind of, in, kind of shaping the environment around you is, is an important aspect of leading and you lead yourself first and then others, I guess. Yeah. So, so when you're... So there is something else from Sebastian. Let me read. When you are in a leadership position, another one is to protect the team from things that are not necessary from outside and can affect their progress. So, so th this probably can, this is certainly part of uh, being uh, someone in a leadership position, there is no doubt. Um, that is, yes, it is part of, if you want to lead people, you need to make sure that they, you can lead them efficiently and, and they need to be in a healthy state so that they can perform, be happy to be there and achieve things and stuff. And, and, and that's, see, uh, it is a different way to put what we were saying about being a multiplier, right? So um, you being able to enable uh, other people to work well. And that is, for me, a skill that you have um, as you are progressing with your career, right? So, so yeah. moving on to, to something else, or do you want to add something, Matt, to, to that? No, no, we can move on to something else. Because uh, you mentioned asking for help now as one of the options. There's other options. That I think asking for help is in itself uh, a skill. How you ask for help and when you ask for help and all, that's, that's in itself. Because some people are like constantly asking for help. That's not a good way to go about it, right? Um, but at the same time, the opposite is you know, it's like I spend five days i didn't want to bother you i didn't you know i kind of think that now also, everything is and now and we're five days delayed now because we didn't have a conversation a 15 minute conversation right so so that's the that that's also i think a, a skill you no know, that balance between okay so i need to ask for help versus i'll do it on my own you no know, and i need to try it and, and figure out what the what the thing is. of course some things there's no one you can ask help to, right? Like there are certain problems that nobody, I mean, they can support you for sure, right? Like they can tell you what they think that should be done, et cetera. But there's certain problems you don't get an answer for, right? It's not, they're not stack overflowable. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's not a, it's not as simple as that, right? 
So, so yeah, that's... It's, it's, it's actually a very important point, like asking, because you need to, you know, uh, like the most trivial example is, that, you know, you, I, I would get a message on Slack and it's two paragraphs and what they're asking for me, from me is not even clear. So the first thing is that I'm, I look at the two paragraphs, I won't even read them and I'll say, okay, market has unread and I'll read it at another point when I have the time. So that's one thing, right? So then that's already delayed because that person, but I'm doing something as well, right? So that person is, and I know that they're now delayed. Maybe they need, but it's not even clear that this thing is stopping them because I haven't read it. It's two, 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 like, you know, two paragraphs. And then even in them two paragraphs, like they're describing and going through the thing, but not describing what they need from me. And sometimes it's just a simple response, like a question, Maybe the, the concept, but, or just even a question and wait for me to see if I already have the context, right? And But that's a very trivial example, right? But but I think it goes all the way up to, it's, to big things. It, it's very trivial, but lots of people get it wrong. Another another example is like, you know, you, you are working with people who may be very busy. They have 10 other things that they need to take care of, yeah? And the typical example is, Hey, you know, on Slack. Okay. Now, you remember that thing you talk about? It's done. No, you remember no, like that kind of thing where, okay, what thing? What is the, like, is it done? Did it, you know what I mean? Like, what, why are you telling me? You know what I mean? Like, all of those things, like giving people context before you actually, I, I do believe, like, you need to manage up as well <laughs> right that, that's a good almost, skill to have it's almost it's almost up there as in like oh can we have a quick catch-up exactly like, <laughs> <laughs> of course i have nothing can we to do can right we now. make it a line no can we make yeah. it a line let's catch up let's just write what you need to <laughs> yeah yeah you know <laughs> No, but it's uh, but you need to you. That's a skill as well, right? Like managing up and like, hey, listen, th this is the context, you know, enough context for you to, because again, you're coming from doing something else, you're switching content. And like, hey, listen, uh, uh, last time we spoke, I asked, you know, what we should do about this, and I said I was going to look into it. Here's what I found. I think this is the best uh, alternative. What do you think? Or yeah. I think this is I'm going to execute unless you have a, a an issue with it. Or yeah. you know what I mean? Like, but that's yeah. <laughs> it's like here's the intention, right? Here's the context for you to understand yeah. what, exactly. what I want to do. Here's a, here's what I need from you, or here's what I'm planning on do on doing. Do you have any exactly? Can you, you have anything a to add? About that? Right. That's it. No, right. No, you know the, the speaking of these things, I was actually speaking to someone earlier today. And uh, I, I say to, um, you know, I, like, I often say to people that, you know, if I said a couple of things, if I asked you how this thing is going, that's, you're on the back foot because I shouldn't have had to ask, right? Uh, even worse, if I say that I need more visibility, I'm not happy with what you've, you've done so far, right? So, like, expectations are not aligned or the output is not there. But the the important thing in here is that often, uh, you know, we need to anticipate these implicit expectations. I was speaking to Rachel today and, like, uh, you know, we need to, like, sometimes I feel like I'm pestering my team a bit because, you know, uh, 
we said that we'll do something that we need to we fix something. I think in my head that the customer is expecting this was expecting this to be done maybe in a day because that like it wasn't explicit, but I'm thinking right. But now it's been two days. Now I'm thinking I'm am I gonna pester my team because I'm thinking in my head that when when that sponsor spoke to us that when we said oh we'll we'll look at it. They're expecting that the next day we will will come back with something, and we haven't come back to them. And but this is a skill, like this implicit expectation, understanding implicit expectations, and and if if you think that the expectations are not right, are not right, making them explicit to say like okay, yeah, checking, you maybe think you'll come back to you tomorrow, but it won't. I think this is going to take two three days. Make it so that but as soon as there is. Expectations are going to be there regardless. Whether you give an estimate or not, there's going to be an expectation. And making sure yeah. that you understand that, whether implicitly or explicitly, is your responsibility. And if your sponsor comes back to you the first time they might ask, they're already, you've already gone past their expectation. That's why they came to ask. And if they keep having to do that, it's going to create this feeling or sentiment that, you know, you're not doing the job as well as expected. The basically, it, my sentiments: I'm having to micromanage you, kind of. Yes. No, it's like exactly. I am. I am having to actively keep you in the back of my head, so that it, you know, like, like I need to ask. I need to ask. Yeah. I need to ask. And that's definitely not helping me out. <laughs> that that, yeah. that is true. And this is why, like we before we were uh, discussing about that, is clarifying expectations right at the beginning of this episode. It's like that ability, the consultative uh, approach is making sure that you understand what is expected, what we are trying to solve, and discussing that the, the cadence of feedback would be part of that, right? So as you are in a, in a long-term thing. And as you guys were, were uh, talking, I, I could pick three topics in things that you mentioned. Uh, one was the asking for help I very quickly just want to quickly go back to the asking for help in the previous episode we discussed about having confidence and that dynamic for example if I ask for help I might not pass confidence but if I try to resolve myself everything myself then things go wrong and then so the and we were saying in the previous episode as well you can ask for help is still with a lot of confidence without like anyone thinking that you are not capable of doing things. And one way of doing that is to say, hey, I need your help. I have this situation here. I've tried X, Y, and Z, but I still was not able to resolve this or I'm a bit uncertain which way to go and I would love your opinion on that. So this way you are saying, hey, I took on that responsibility. I tried to resolve myself but I would like a second pair of eyes. I would like your opinion before I, I, I go forward or I'm stuck. And, but I tried, I reached my, my limit and, and, and balance that and understanding like when, uh, as you said, Jose, you cannot go like in the one day before the, the deadline and say, oh, now I'm gonna ask for help when you have, should have asked for help like a month ago, right? So, so calibration that is, is important as well. So that was one thing, but you can ask for help and still uh, show that you are capable, that you are trying and stuff, but you cannot just go and ask for help for everything, but you need to be able to give context and what you've done. Uh, there is a, 
another thing that as you were discussing, I was thinking was the ability or the skills to always make a decision and not be stuck. Right. So so mainly as you are moving to leadership roles and, and like you need to be making decisions. Right. So sometimes the cost of not making a decision is higher than uh, making a, the wrong decision, because at least with the wrong decision, you learn something. But if you don't make a decision, you are stuck. Right. There's no information that comes up and you are stuck. Things are not progressing. They are blocked by the lack of action. Right. And, and sometimes like if you are comfortable that you can handle the, the, the side effects of the, those decisions, make the decision. If you are uncomfortable, ask for help, ask for advice and so on and so forth, but make a decision. So you need to be decisive. Uh, I think that that's probably a thing that will help in your career. Right. Just understand the spheres of autonomy that you have. And the last thing that I would like to, to, to say, as you were uh, discussing as well, is being able to understand the difference between the important and urgent, right? So I had a situation that's similar to some of the things that you mentioned today, where I was having a conversation uh, with one of our guys, and we had a situation where we had a meeting with a potential client. The potential client was waiting for something to be sent, but we were not very clear exactly what had to be sent. Uh, and he's a person that we have, the, this client is someone that we have enough intimacy as well. But like we were trying to come up with something perfect and that was taking a little bit longer than we expected. And I said, look, don't try to, so instead of like, this is important that we, we, we create something nice and, and well polished and stuff, but it's more important just to give an answer. So it's better just to go back and clarify exactly what they want. Instead of taking a longer time, try to create something strategic and then offer something after a long delay, something that is not fit for purpose. So it was easier for us to say, look, what is urgent in here is like, try, check exactly what they want and what kind of information that they need to, to make a decision. Instead of us trying to so this is important. Let's try to do a lot of work, but not address the urgent. But, that, that, but then there is the opposite as well. If we're always addressing the urgent, you never do strategic things. So I think that uh, what I was trying to illustrate, like uh, you need to find a way to balance what is urgent and spend as little time as possible to solve the urgent. So you have more time to spend in what is important and strategic. Right, so I think that, that that skill, that balance is for me also quite important. In, in that example, there is also another aspect around interactions, right? Is that um, people, you know, you small, quicker interactions are favored over one thing that I'm just going to throw over the fence to you, right? This is always, it's a good principle to keep when you're dealing with people is that, you know, if, if you're doing something, even if you're not, like often I say to people, like, you know, in this case, it's a case of like, you know, we need to get back to the person. Sometimes it's just a case of like, okay, I, I thought, you know, you may be expecting for me to get back to you today, um, still working on this. It's taking a bit longer than thing. Or, or even when the expectations are, like say someone said, um, oh, you know, I'll get back to us, said, I'll get back to you in a couple of weeks. You know, the next week, towards the same time, you say, 
oh, you know, by the way, just to let you know, working on it is progressing well. You know, that kind of just keeping that heartbeat, you know, in communication is, is actually very important. It stops the person from kind of wondering what's happening, even when they're expecting something kind of later on. They're not expecting now, but it actually helps with the conversation, helps with the relationship. You're keeping it warm. And this is this is a very important aspect that we we often forget. Yeah, the, the, this balance is important because you cannot be strategic. You cannot m- make a lot of very important decisions, strategic decisions, if you are under pressure when things are on fire. So either in, on pressure, like in this case, it was not on fire. It's just like making sure that you get back to someone and offer a good service. If someone is expecting something. You better speak to that person, make sure that they get what they need, or at least you you speak to them instead of making them not responding at all, right? So, yeah. uh, but but I think that we this decision mainly when you are progressing with your careers, you will be encounter you will encounter a lot of things that are urgent, but you need to make sure that what is urgent resolve them with the simplest and fastest solution as possible so that the biggest, the pressure goes away and then you create time to do things that are important in a more strategic fashion. But you cannot yeah. make strategic decisions when the house is on fire, basically. Yeah, yeah. Cool, so I think we're reaching that time. Uh, any, any final thoughts? So, well, I I think that it's important to, I think that in this episode, what I liked about this episode is that we focused on skills that are for the career. And there was a distinction between basic people skills that you need for not only your career, you need for any human interactions, and that you need to do well. You need to understand them, be able to communicate well, interact with people well, and so on and so forth. Uh, but that alone is, is extremely important for social interactions, but that alone is not enough for you to simply help with your career. This episode, I think that we had, we talked about a lot of things that were more concrete in terms of things that you can do in terms of attitude, in terms of skills, things that you need to worry about over your career in order to uh, move forward, let's say. So. And you, Jose? The, um, uh, you want to introduce a new topic? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's, it's just in general. The, I, I would stick with there are many opportunities to be able to practice these things. They don't, you don't have to wait until you know, you want to get a promotion or you want to, to, to be able to do this, the the better you get at doing this basically all the time, the more successful you, you'll be. Uh, and yeah. And, and things like good communication, handling expectations, et cetera. Like those are everyday, <laughs> everyday things that you need to deal with. So yeah, the, the last thing I guess is, I related to the point on resilience, no, or and and uh, how did you call it? Uh, mental mental strength, strength, and so on. Um, 
again, there is an aspect of, you know, the, the job is what the job is. You know what I mean? Like you will be having to deal with it. So it's, it's build the skills to handle pressure well. Yeah. And because you can, I mean, you cannot change the pressure that you're going to get. No, like that's going to have like problems are going to happen. And you're going to have to deal with them because it's, it's the job, but you can control how, how much that bothers you, or how much that, you know, that's how fair. you, how you react or how you, how it affects you. And I think that uh, that's a great skill to have for work and for life and for everything. Right. <laughs> so, so yeah, just practice it. I think I agree, totally agree with what both of you said. Um, also, there is like you should take the um, skill, tech, career, kind of like technical career. And I'm talking about career in terms of, you know, like stepping up that ladder, getting more responsibility, moving into positions that you, you aspire to. I see it off as the people that will decide that your next promotion understand what their goals and what their needs are and then help them achieve it yeah. and and help your peers because they will all they will be your reference mm -hmm. and then you will move up in your career yeah, yeah. okay well thank you everyone for listening um, as usual, if you like this episode and you want to hear more, like, subscribe, and you know, we'll be back uh, next Tuesday. Uh, and thank you for the people who were involved in the live conversation as well. As always, it adds a lot to our conversation. So thank you very much. And uh, good night. Thanks, everyone. Bye bye.